Welcome to the Fresh RN Podcast. The information contained in this podcast is meant to supplement your existing knowledge and not replace it. Always refer to your state board of nursing, standards of care, and respective institutions' policies to guide your practice. All identifying patient details have been changed to protect their privacy and remain compliant with the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act of 1996. Thanks, nurses. Stay fresh. <laughs> Are you good? Do you need to read anymore? What if Kitty did this whole next podcast in like a 20 years? What's up, guys? Welcome to the podcast. I am Katie Cleaver. I'm Alyssa Stafford. Hey, I'm Elizabeth Mills. And I'm Kiernan McMahon. We're going to chat today about how to trust your nursing judgment. So we're talking about that period of time right after you get um, off of nursing orientation, most likely, or at, towards the end of it, um, where you've got to trust yourself, trust your own um, uh, expertise and your experience and your clinical you know, decision making. And you, know, you have to make decisions and you're working independently. And how do you how do you step into that? How do you do that? Had a lot of uh, messages about that saying, hey, I'm just off orientation. I'm still asking a lot of questions, but I think I know the answers, but I just, I'm, I'm nervous and, and I just don't know how to trust myself. Um, which is scary when you're responsible for patients for the first time on your own and no one's checking after you. No one's double checking anything. It's just you doing stuff. <laughs> so, Let's chat. How do you how do you trust your nursing judgment, guys? I, uh, I I did a blog post. I'll put a link to it here. Um, I actually asked this on Facebook because um, I did get a few Facebook messages. So I asked kind of like the Facebook audience about it. Had some great responses from some nurses, and we're just going to talk about those and our experiences. So the first response um, was when I was forced to rely on it. So I got to this period where, hey, I actually couldn't go to someone else. I just, I had to just do it and just trust myself. And it was scary, but I had to do it. Did you guys have that experience ever? Yeah. And it was terrifying, Mm -hmm. especially, especially when I went to critical care. I mean, it was terrifying even when I worked on the med surge floor. Um, Because at the time when I was precepting, um, at the end of orientation, they kind of were basically like, okay, you're done. And I didn't feel like I was ready. Mm. And so I went from having four patients, um, with a preceptor to being expected to care for six by myself. And so I, I was, I was terrified, Hmm. no doubt. And I did ask a lot of questions and I'm pretty sure I annoyed some of my coworkers, (laughs) especially the, you know, the, the charge nurse at the time. Worth it. Yeah, I really felt like it was because I don't want to hurt anybody. You know, nobody mm-hmm. wants to hurt anybody. Everybody wants to be perfect. The reality is that you're not going to be. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, sometimes when there's not anybody around, you really do just, you have to go with what your gut is. Mm-hmm. And I remember probably my biggest um, memory of that, of an example of that, was when I was new in the neuro ICU. And I was the only neuro nurse in house. Um, and I was probably probably two weeks out of orientation at that point. Um, so I'd been a nurse for about a year and a half and had my eight weeks of training or so. And then, you know, two or three weeks after that, I was the only one. Because at the time, we were a really small unit. It was a new neuro ICU. We didn't have that many patients all the time, that kind of thing. 
and I had a patient who had a ventriculostomy drain. So that's a drain that goes um, inside the center part of the brain and drains spinal fluid. And um, it wasn't working. And the doctors knew that it wasn't working. And they were just kind of waiting and seeing what um, what was going to happen with it. And so I'm sitting there thinking, um, I, I they know it's not working, so I really don't need to call them and tell them it's not working, right? Because they already know that. It's documented that they already know that. It's our, and it's in the doctor's note. Um, but it was probably about 1 o'clock in the morning. And basically what had happened is um, the patient's pupil, one, one of the pupils just kept getting bigger. And there wasn't anything else changing, really, because the patient really wasn't doing all that much anyway, but this one pupil kept getting bigger and bigger. And I'm like, gosh, do I call? Do I not? Do I call? Do I not? And finally I was just like, okay, I'm just going to call. Cause I'm not going to forgive myself if I don't. And so I called. And of course the surgeon on call that night was like one of the scariest surgeons ever. <laughs> of course. And I'm like, well, you know, I also had that epiphany that sometimes I'm going to be wrong. And if he yells, he yells, but at least I'm okay. And the patient will be okay. So he came in and he was gruff and, you know, kind of abrasive how he always was, but he changed the drain. And when he pulled it out, um, you could clearly see all the clots along it. And he has looked at me and he goes, that was a really good call you made. And I was no like, big deal. Oh, really? Cause here's the scary surgeon who I was terrified to call. And you know, he, I, I never would have expected anything close to a compliment to come from him. And I, you know, he, he told me I did a good job and it felt really good because that I really had nobody else to call at that point. So in the middle of the night and I'm the only neuro nurse in the house. So I had to, I was forced to trust my judgment. Mm, that's pretty sweet. So, you know, that's an example when it went great. <laughs> you know, I'll give an example when it didn't go so great. Um, new, new in the neuro ICU too, but um, I had a patient who had a history of diabetes insipidus. And um, for those of you who aren't familiar with that, it's a condition where there's, um, not enough ADH in the body, so your body gets rid of too much water. And when you when you're when you're not holding on to enough water, your sodium levels go up in your blood. And if your sodium levels get too high, it can be life threatening. So um, this patient had um, had you know, it's very common after after pituitary surgery. So he had known diabetes insipidus prior to surgery, and it continued after surgery. And um, you know it. It was high. It was it was really high, but it had been high. It was a little higher, but I was like, well, they know it. He's got a history of it, and uh, this particular doctor hated to get calls in the middle of the night. I'd been cussed out by him on more than one occasion, but even before I went to the ICU. Um, so I made the judgment of not calling. And, um, ooh, he was mad at me because mm. his setting really was too high, and it really did get to the point where it could have been life-threatening. And it wasn't, and the patient was fine, ended up being fine, but, you know, got the treatment and the medication that they needed to start bringing it back down again. But, you know, it can go either way. You know, that nursing judgment, I'm glad the good one, you know, like my good scenario where I made the right call happened before the one where I made the wrong call. Mm. Because, you know, that helped me recognize that sometimes I'll be right, and then here's a perfect example of when I'll be wrong. Mm -hmm. So you still have, I mean... You have to accept both scenarios. Right. And I think if I'd have done, if I would have had the experience where I was wrong first, it probably would have made me less likely to call, you know, for that drain. Mm -hmm. So it's, you're you're forced to make that decision sometimes. And I would just, my recommendation would be, you're going to have to, you know, trust your judgment. But what I also mean by that is always err on the side of caution. Yeah. It's better to be safe than sorry, literally. Absolutely.
Yeah, yeah. That was going to be my point. I mean, y- you're you're right, and um, and also too like when you feel like something is wrong, having some objective data. So you know, uh, a patient is you're, you're questioning somebody's respiratory status, or you know, and you know you feel like something's going on, and you need to call the doctor. Well, this is what I see, and I think one of the hardest things. <coughs> Um, I think as a nurse that I have found is, am I going to communicate the message the right way? Am I going to use the right words? Am I, is what I'm seeing really what's, what's wrong or what's going on? Um, and I think with experience, you learn kind of the words and the verbiage to use, but, um, in the beginning, sometimes just say, you know, it's okay to say I'm concerned. I just don't. I don't, I can't quite explain what's going on, but this is what I see. Um, can, you know, you know, make the difference that it, in it, in it, I don't know. It, the more you experience or have these experiences, the more you'll learn kind of what to say in the right way. But, um, you know, in your gut, I mean, you passed your boards, you've been through nursing school, you know, you're not just thrown out there you know, on your own, but you know if something is not going the way it should. And if you're, you know, if you're wrong, you're wrong, but at least you've, at least you've taken the time to alert somebody. Um, I don't know if that's the right word to say. Well, let them know. Um, Another um, nurse said that she uh, started to trust her nursing judgment when she noticed that her observations were confirmed with increasing frequency, mm-hmm. so it's like, oh, I'm, I'm noticing this. Oh, I am. This is right. Okay, I'm expecting this, and this is right. Um, and I think when you kind of get that self-validation, it's a lot easier to trust yourself and your judgment when the things you're predicting come to fruition. Yeah, and you know, sometimes it doesn't happen right away. <laughs> sometimes it might be the next day. In, in for example, a, pa- a patient with potential sepsis. Oh, you know, yeah. maybe they're showing some early signs of, of uh, the septic process going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you alert the powers that be and you get some basic tests done and everything comes back normal. So everything kind of carries along. But then day, day two, day three, after all this, they're getting sicker and sicker and then it's full-blown sepsis. And then you don't want to pat yourself on the back, but you... You learn that okay, yeah, I'm I'm getting this. I'm, I'm I, I know, um, I do have an idea about you know something that's going on. And it helps you know what kinds of questions to ask. Yeah. You know, if if you asked some questions on day one and got some tests that were basically inconclusive, did they do something on on day two differently or day three differently that maybe if we'd have done on day one we'd have caught it sooner? And so then you learn that. Number one, I was right. I knew something was I knew something was wrong, um, but then you take it a step further and knowing what to ask and kind of what to push for better the next time, um, and and the things to look for a little bit better the next time. I mean, I think we've all been there where we've had that something is just not right and I can't put my finger on it and I hate that feeling, but it's valid. And it always helps to get another nurse colleague to look at things with you. Mm-hmm. Just say, I'm just not sure about this. Come look at this with me. And then sometimes if the nurse colleague knows that you know what you're doing, they'll say, 
What do you think? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes if you, you you can get to the point where you're asking questions, but you know you're instead of like really needing to know the answer and really not sure, you're just relying on someone else to confirm it when you need to trust yourself. You know what I mean? You're looking for validation. Yeah, you're looking more so for yeah, because that blur is pretty. That line is thin, I think, when you go from one to the next. Um, and I know when I was a new nurse, I needed, I was seeking out that validation when it was stuff I knew. But I was like, yeah. uh, let me, let me ask, let me go ahead and ask. But it's like, oh wait a sec, you know. So I had some some nurses would respond to me and say, no, what do you think? Do you really, you know? And I, and I'd walk through my thought process and they'll say, you know, what you're talking about, you know. So that that helped me. Um, kind of get on my own two feet a little yeah. bit and um, in orientation if you've got a good preceptor your preceptor is going to give you those opportunities yeah. because you need to have some of that before you're out on your own mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to give you a little bit of confidence you're taking all of your textbook theoretical knowledge that you know and real life isn't isn't textbook right, right. so you're matching no. up these patterns of what you you know in theory but then they're all shifted and shaped a little differently. So then you're like, well, is this this shape? Is this exactly what that is? And you're trying to figure that out on your own. And yeah, I think that's it's a really, really difficult spot to be in. I, mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I still to this day, I trust my nursing judgment. I do. But then there's times where I second, I, I question myself too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's always going to be in the back of my mind because I feel like that's a way for me to be safe. Um, but, um, and I've, I've, I've had some, you know, um, not bad calls, but, you know, I may have gotten a CT scan done when we really didn't need one. But then I'm like, okay, well, at least I know something's not going on there. Mm-hmm. I think we just kind of, that's another way of putting it into words. Um, but I tell you what, the power of trusting your own judgment and the power of your colleagues backing you up and helping you out can make such an impact on a patient. Oh, yeah. And um, Melissa Stafford and I have seen this recently in action. And the power of, of a nurse's voice and a group of nurses voicing out concerns can save a patient's life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, because so don't back down. Yeah, the the patient or the the physician or the provider may not see and understand, but then when you can collectively put your nursing judgments together and say, "Hey, this is not right." Well, maybe nurse one says it a certain way, and nurse two says something a little differently that triggers something. Mm-hmm. But then nurse three says something that really gets their attention. Yeah, and they're all saying the same thing, but just maybe using different words. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it it advocacy is is a very powerful thing and um and i I think you're right when you when you have somebody that's backing you up and um especially newer nurses you know like if i want the nurses that i train to attempt to go to the provider and say something's wrong this is what i see and if i see them not getting the response that even i think that they need to get then i either one kind of um ask questions of that new nurse so that they can try and explain their position a little better or if I feel like they've done the best that they can at that point then I can then step in and say but wait a minute listen to what she said you know or he or he you know um, listen to what they said 
she's saying that the heart rate is was 80 two hours ago now it's 120 um you know the temperature is 103 the white count this morning jumped to 16 it was only eight yesterday you know like sometimes having putting helping the nurse put those things together and helping uh demonstrating the types of things to say to the provider can make a difference too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh absolutely um the next one uh someone said when coworkers started asking my thoughts and opinions the more experienced nurses i felt like if they thought i was good enough and that what i thought mattered then i must which i thought that was really cool um, and we talked in a previous episode about how if you're an experienced nurse valuing the new nurse and, and their um, clinical judgment and asking the, the new nurse's opinion. I'll never, I already, I still remember when I was a new nurse and someone, an, an experienced nurse that I know had more experience and knew more than I did, asked me my opinion um, for something. And I, I, and I just felt so valued. Um, and I came to the same conclusion they did. Um, and, and and that was just so powerful to me. I don't know if you guys have had that experience. It's not showing weakness either to ask, right? It's not it's not a negative thing, and kind of helping to empower the younger nurses. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that would be great. And you know, saying those words, I'm thinking about myself and my practice. Like maybe I should just randomly ask some of them sometimes. Yeah, because you know what I mean. Yeah, it's it's so change your whole day. Like, yeah, just so that they get that validation and, and that they get that they're valued is mm-hmm. maybe I should kind of make an effort to well, do that, that intentionally. And if one of the things, too, that you can do that I, I've done that because I, I noticed when if someone tells me I'm doing a good job, like that just means so much to me, especially if it's someone I respect or someone who I know is better at it than I am. So if I so what I started doing whenever there's a new nurse is um, if I hear someone else say something positive about them and they're not there, I tell them. Mm-hmm. Like actually, one and the last one I remember very specifically was you. Um, we, there was a newer nurse, not a new nurse, but new to the unit, and you were really impressed with them. And she wasn't there, but you were just like saying all this really positive stuff about her. So I went and told her. <laughs> <laughs> and I swear, that girl's face just lit up like a light bulb. You know, and like you, I don't know, remembering back to my orientation, if I, I, or actually uh, uh, when I was in my orientation at the, um, for neuro ICU, a physician complimented me to another nurse. And then it was a notorious, like flat affect physician (laughs) who doesn't give compliments. (laughs) And that nurse told me, she didn't have to tell me, Mm -hmm. but man, I still remember it. And that, that made me so. And he doesn't hand out comments. <laughs> she knows how I'm talking to about. everybody. But <laughs> so I was a new volume. nurse, and I was really like not sure of myself. And and man, that especially when you're struggling and you're exhausted emotionally, and you're constantly questioning if you can do it, and then you hear that someone else, unprov- unasked, unprovoked, in the in a conversation when you weren't there, said something positive about you. God, that goes so long, and you'll never forget it. Yeah, and I, I think that we should encourage people when they hear things like that to do share them yeah. because, you know, I think it, it does mean a lot to hear it from people who you may not interact with every day. Mm-hmm. Um, most recently for me, my orientee um, came from a med surge floor in a critical care, and we do daily rounds in our unit. And, you know, at the beginning when they first start, I as the preceptor kind of directing, so to speak, the things to say and the questions to ask and, and things like that. And 
um, this was a, a situation where uh, essentially left her alone and had her present the case to the group. Mm-hmm. Um, it just so happened to be that there was a nursing instructor for a pretty large university, actually, of a nurse practitioner program was there and because um, they had a, a student nurse practitioner and um, was just listening to rounds and, you know, was listening to everybody, of course. Um, but after the rounds were done, she actually sought out our our unit leader and said, can I give you guys a compliment? Of course. Yeah. Um, but what she explicitly said was, I would not have known that she was a new nurse if somebody didn't tell me that. Oh, that's such a great. Oh, and I was like, love it. I love it. So, you know, I absolutely made a point to go and tell her that. But, you know, li- hear me when I tell you you're doing OK. And yeah. this is an example of of somebody else who's recognizing that. And I think it did help. But um and sharing those kind of compliments with each other, I think, is is good, even for somebody who's experienced. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. we all need a little good uh, validation. Yeah, honestly, a reminder of, oh, hey, you are you're doing you're doing a good job. Yeah, like, you're doing great. And we appreciate you. And yeah, and yeah. So anytime you can share that kind of stuff, I just, I think it's great. Yeah. Um. Even I've even had sometimes when like patients will compliment um, the nurse practitioner or the PA, especially if they're new to the facility. Mm sharing that stuff just because they're a provider doesn't mean they're not insecure mm-hmm. um that's true we're all humans too so i don't know i think sharing compliments is always nice i don't know but um going to the last point um or actually two more um another nurse said that that she felt like this uh trusting your own judgment kicks in when you can confidently teach others which i i've really had a validation for myself when i when i was able to like educate another new nurse um, or a patient um, about something or some disease process and you know got a really good response like that really solidified trusting myself quite a bit and I had that experience as an as a new grad but then I had I went through it all again when I started critical care Um, so so I don't know if you guys have that experience too yeah I mean and that's one good thing about precepting I feel like you learn so much, even as a preceptor. Oh, yeah. Goodness, yes. Oh, Um, yes. Absolutely. Because, anyway, but, yeah. It was, I'll never forget, I was probably a nurse for maybe a year. And I had a family member say, what's the difference between type 1 and type 2 diabetes? And (laughs) I was like, well. (laughs) Let me tell you. So I spent, like, 30 minutes explaining and I felt so darn good about myself afterwards mm-hmm. because I was like, oh, my gosh, I do know this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. When, you, when you're forced to demonstrate it, it's like, oh, wait a sec. Like, it's not just something that's I've read a, a bunch of times. Like, I actually know this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one that I wanted to mention was, I, you know, time. Yes. Um, you, you're not going to flip a switch and just because you're off orientation, trust yourself. Um, but I think it's important to mention that it would – it's going to take some time. Um, Stephanie D. from the Facebook page had a great quote. I wanted to share it. She said, time. As it went on and my gut continued to be right about patients, I trusted it more and more. I value being able to ask more experienced nurses their opinion. But I've loved the strengthening feeling of, I got this. With each shift and with each health issue, um, I've caught that could have been missed or had already been missed by others. I'm not perfect, but I do my best and also learn from my mistakes which also I feel makes me a stronger nurse. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was great because, yeah, t- it takes time. It takes that consistency 
of from I think these various ways of being able to teach others being right um, um, over and over again um, um, when people are coming to you for your opinion um, and time and also you know one other thing you know keep keep on with continuing continuing education read research articles read especially if you're working in a in a disease specific or, or area you know um reading what's the latest and the greatest stuff i know it's not the most entertaining but i think when you can read what other people are delving into and researching you'll find that you you know more than you think mm -hmm. absolutely so um you have to keep up with nobody's going to tell you to 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 go home and do some homework but you do need to kind of keep on top of of reading about stuff and that's how you get better too i mean i remember yeah. when i first became a member of the aacn the american association of critical care nurses and they send out journals it's like oh wait i can't i get what they're talking about like yep. this is pretty sweet and brought it brought those things up with physicians before articles or um, i remember one time they had the article in there about how you know when you pause tube feeding every time you lay a patient down that's actually not good um, which was totally contra uh, against what i had thought um, and the reason is because you're pausing it over and over all day and they miss out on nutrition and the actual risk of them aspirating is significantly is very little so the it's worse for them to miss out on roughly an hour of nutrition every day mm. than then endure that slight risk of aspiration which I thought was super interesting. I was able to have some conversations with people about it, and that just made me feel just really good about myself, um, good about my, you know, learning. You know, things change in medicine all the time. Exactly. So just because you learned it a certain way in orientation doesn't mean that later on down the line, next week, something <laughs> new doesn't come out, honestly. Right, right. So keeping abreast of all the new information that's out there is important. Um, and also, honestly, by doing that and by seeking out all that information and having a dialogue with providers or families, it builds your credibility. Oh, yeah. And so not every research article out there is going to change practice. So there's, there's research out there that contradicts other research. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so not every new article is going to change the guidelines. But you being aware of what they're trying to figure out and you being aware of different people's viewpoints will help you learn to ask different questions mm -hmm. and leading questions. And, and it will make you a better nurse to do that because uh, you take that knowledge with you and you share it with others too. So you share it sometimes when you know it, when you're talking to another nurse, and sometimes you don't even realize that you're sharing new information with somebody because it just becomes part of a, a conversation mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. um it's well put elizabeth go out there and research articles yes yeah all right do you guys have any other thoughts on trusting your nursing judgment speak up don't be afraid to speak up yeah. even if you're wrong yeah. speak up yeah because absolutely. um i mean how many how many times have things not been said and something not so good happened yeah yeah so that's our culture right now. Speak up. Yep. All right, guys. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, check out freshrn.com slash podcast for all of our other episodes and show notes. Um, and if you've got a second, please write us a review. They are um, very, very helpful for our podcast and helping us continue 
um, continue on and uh, please subscribe and, and share with your nurse buds. So uh, thanks nurses and stay fresh. Damn crowd better hit the floor. All the other fellas better run for the door. Stop, drop, and roll with me. I got the heat that'll make you.